G'day, Troy Dean here from WP Elevation, and welcome to episode 92 of the WP Elevation podcast. Mr. Dustin Hartzler is our feature guest this week. He, of course, is the host of the Your Website Engineer podcast, which typically comes up as number one whenever you Google WordPress podcast or type WordPress into the podcast search engine in iTunes. And uh, that kind of bothers me a little bit. So I thought I'd get him on to figure out how he's doing it and see if I could pick his brain. And as he points out, I'm probably just going to drive a whole bunch of traffic over to his podcast, which is going to keep him at number one. Hmm, should have thought that one through. No, no, only kidding. Uh, We get along very well. We've had a bit of banter on email over the last few months about vying for the top spot. I don't really care. I'm happy that he's number one. He is an automatician. He's a happiness engineer. He works for Automatic, so he probably does have that advantage over us. It's a fascinating interview, lots of insights here, and uh, we are also giving away a copy of Take the Stairs, which is a book that that Dustin is reading at the moment. Stick around for details on how you can enter that competition a little bit later on. But for now, stay with us. Let's elevate. This is the WP Elevation Podcast, helping WordPress consultants elevate. This episode of the WP Elevation Podcast is brought to you by Video User Manuals, the only way to teach your clients how to use WordPress. The original plugin from 2008 that puts video tutorials in your client's WordPress dashboard to teach them how to use WordPress, how to use WooCommerce, SEO by Yoast, how to use Gravity Forms, and how to set up and read their Google Analytics reports. Of course, all the videos and the written manual are updated with every stable release of WordPress. You can hide videos or even entire sections of videos if they don't apply. For example, you could just turn off the WooCommerce videos if your client doesn't have WooCommerce installed. The Video User Manuals plugin is $24 a month or $240 a year, and you can take the Video User Manuals plugin for a spin on all of your client sites for just $1 for your first 30 days by going to videousermanuals.com slash podcast. That's videousermanuals.com slash podcast, and you'll be able to access the plugin there for just $1 for your first month. Support for WP Elevation also comes from Audible. Audible has over 180,000 titles in their library of audiobooks. I love audiobooks. I listen to audiobooks whenever I'm not listening to podcasts. You can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a free 30-day trial by visiting wpelevation.com slash audible. That's wpelevation.com slash audible. Download a free audiobook right now and get a free 30-day trial of audible and start enjoying audiobooks when you're not listening to our podcast. G'day, Troy Dean here from WP Elevation, and I'm very pleased to have with me Dustin Hartzler, uh, all the way from, whereabouts are you from exactly, Dustin? I am from Dayton, Ohio. Ah, there we go, from yourwebsiteengineer.com, and also a, uh, what do they call them at Automatic these days? A Automatician. Automatician, and what's your role there, a happiness... Happiness Engineer Happiness Engineer. my official title. Beautiful. All right, cool. So we're going to talk uh, more about WordPress and Automatic and Dustin's involvement in the community in this episode of the WP Elevation podcast. Um, but before we get there, quick 
competition announcement. I'm giving away a copy this week of a book called Take the Stairs, Seven Steps to Achieving True Success by Rory Vaden. It is the book that Dustin is reading at the moment. So stick around for details on how you can enter that draw to uh, win a copy of that book. All right. Hey, Dustin, before we start geeking off about all things WordPress, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, I really wanted to be an airline pilot. Uh, Yeah, I don't know why. Like, I mean, my family traveled a lot and we flew back and forth across the United States like once a summer, you know, for family vacations. I was like, oh, that'd be always really cool to be a pilot. You get to go to all these fun locations. And I don't know when it kind of stopped that my dream stopped. I think it was some time in high school. I'm like, I don't really want to be away from home all the time. So, (laughs) so I ended up, I have a degree in engineering, so I am an engineer by training and a WordPress geek by my enthusiast, uh-huh. my enthusiasm. It's funny, I interviewed, yesterday I interviewed Shane Malore from Thrive Themes, and uh, he said the same thing. He wanted to be a pilot when he grew up. And, um, huh. <clears throat> yeah, he, like, started down that route and, like, did, like, the first two, you know, tests that you have to do, and then he went, nah, I don't want to do this anymore, <laughs> yeah. and uh, changed I- his mind. I still think it'd be fun to have like my pilot's license and be able to fly like little planes. Yeah. Uh, I was actually just on a team meetup last week as automaticians, we get to travel and we were in Belize last week for a team meetup. And in order to get to the place where we were staying, we had to take like a little 12 seater plane. Uh-huh. And like, I was doing the best that I could do, like looking in the cock, like it wasn't, <laughs> there wasn't a cockpit at all. Like yeah. it was like the pilot was like right in front of me. I was reading his screens. And I was telling my <laughs> wife, I'm like, Oh, we're at 11,000 feet right now. And I was trying to figure out my, my eyesight wasn't quite good enough to see how fast we were going because right. um, there's all these different numbers and I'm like well I don't think we're going 500 miles an hour and I don't think we're going like 15 you know like and I just couldn't re- really figure it out uh, but I was we, still trying to geek out and I wanted to really sit in the pilot or the co-pilot seat but yeah. apparently you had to get on the plane a little bit sooner than what I did I'm right. one of those lollygaggers like ah, oh, I'll get on the plane last they don't, they're not going to leave without me were you tempted to go like hey dude give me the wheel I know what I'm doing I got this thing yeah, covered exactly <laughs> So when did you discover the internet and uh, and kind of fall in love with the possibilities of the web? Yeah, that came in college and and honestly like when I when I started college and that was in 2002. So I'm not super old but I'm still not super young. Uh-huh. 2002 was when I bought my first computer and I had no idea what I was doing. Like I had to go to I went to CompUSA which was like a you know store I think that they've closed down here in the states and I didn't have any idea. Like little by little, I started learning more and more about computers as I was in college and about my, I think it was my junior year or so, a friend of mine showed me how to update a website and each of our um, student IDs had its own little place on the server. So like my, my website address was like ONU, which was the university that I went to, Ohio Northern University, ONU.edu backslash like tilde D dash Hartzler. Like that was my website and I could put anything or that thing that there that I wanted. And I started like really getting into like front page and um, which of course is the worst software for building websites whatsoever. (laughs) Um, And I built like a little website that just, it showcased like how many intramural championships I had. Um, like it, it was just a bunch of random stuff. I was just learning and playing. It was so cool that I could tell other people like, Hey, look at this. And that was when, you know, instant messenger was really big. Um, AOL instant messenger. And I could post like on my away message, like check out my website and stuff like that. And so that's when I really like discovered like how to build the web. And I would say all the kind of the same point is I was just like, I was a very novice user and a even more novice or beginner um, developer of course like i wouldn't even call myself a developer i was able to drag and drop boxes inside a microsoft front page uh-huh do you remember the first time uh you saw the wordpress dashboard i do and i was like 
why would I want to use this? Yeah. <laughs> I think it was my first thought because I knew how to do things. I, I Once I kind of graduated from front page, I went to Dreamweaver and I kind of figured out how to do things in Dreamweaver. And there was, I was always in the visual editor. Like I never wanted to try to figure out how to do the, you know, HTML. I had no idea about any of that. Like, and I got to WordPress and I'm like, I have no idea how to do anything. And I ended up like, I was building a website for a friend of mine who was running for a local county office. And I'm like, I could build this, you know, very quickly with HTML and my Dreamweaver stuff, but I'm going to try WordPress. And the thing that really sold me on WordPress was the ability for to create menus later. Because my buddy, uh, even though we spent a lot of time like thinking out exactly what we want to do, how we wanted to build that site, he would later become like, oh, can we add one more menu item? And then I have to go in and I have to edit every single file. Like I didn't know how to batch process or do anything within um, Adobe or within the uh, Dreamweaver or whatnot. So like when I found out that we could add dynamically menus, like they would be built on every page. Like that was what pretty much just sold me on WordPress. And I haven't turned since then. So at this stage, are you building websites for yourself or are you building websites for clients? At this time, this was in 2008. And so I was building websites, or I guess, yeah, I built one for my wife and I for our wedding website to hold like all the information about our wedding and pictures and stuff like that. And then I built one for him. And then my very first like client was kind of just a, uh, somebody that I knew. And I was just, I basically was like, Hey, I'll do this as kind of a hobby and a project and really didn't make any money on it. But I kind of slowly, like I was still an engineer. So this was kind of like my side thing. My wife was doing, she's a pharmacist and she was doing like um, a pharmacy residency and she was like always tied up with work. And so I had lots of nights and evenings that were free. And so that's what I did with my spare time. Mm, Nice. Um, How do you describe what you do today in one sentence? What's your, do, do you have like an elevator pitch? So I, I don't know, like, I think I do, but it's very difficult now that I'm in this role with automatic, like I'm a happiness engineer at automatic, but then I'm also like this podcaster enthusiast of WordPress. And so like, I want to say that what this, to describe me is I like to help WordPress enthusiasts make the best website that they can. I would say that's a one sentence elevator pitch about me. Okay, nice. And, um, what, what is, what does that mean? Like what, like in terms of what do you spend m- most of your time doing on a day to day basis? Um, so a day-to-day basis at my work job, you know, my um, quote-unquote, this is what I do during the day, nine to five or whatever, that is answering people's questions when they about WordPress.com, whether it be how do I change this, how do I add a menu, custom menu, or how do I, you know, make some sort of, you know, tweak to my theme or anything along those lines. And then um, as my hobby, I get to answer questions from podcast listeners of mine that just ask questions about self-hosted. They're asking for um, recommendations for plugins and, you know, all kinds of different things. So I like to keep, I like both sides because then I get to know what's going on with wordpress.com and running a podcast and answering questions and researching about plugins and doing free webinars and stuff. That is what really helps me like stay connected to the self-hosted, the .org side. So the, so the whole Your Website Engineer thing, which we're going to talk about more in more detail soon, but the whole Your Website Engineer thing is really just a hobby for you. There's no, you're not doing any kind of consulting on the back end of that. Right. And right now that is correct. Like when I got started with the podcast in 2010 and that was part of my business in 2010, I quit my engineering job. We moved to Dayton, Ohio. My wife took a full-time pharmacy position and I started my own WordPress consultant business. And so I was using that as what, you know, I just kind of saw what a lot of other experts were doing. They had a podcast about whatever they were consulting and they, you know, they were able to generate income and generate, uh, leads and traffic to their website to actually build websites. So for three and a half years, I was a 
WordPress developer. And I would just teach and teach and teach. And then people would understand and they would hear what I was talking about and say, oh, I don't want to do this myself. Then they would hire me to do a project. Or, you know, I had a couple of people, you know, a lot of times I would wake up in my email inbox would have people asking for me like they wanted to, they didn't care if it was three, four months down the road so I could get to them. They wanted to work with me because they had kind of grown up listening to me and kind of trusted me based on my voice and my weekly podcast. Mm, gotcha. Uh, we're going to talk more about that in, in more detail too because I think it's um, uh, I think it's an excellent, excellent positioning tool and we're going to explore that in a moment. Um, what's the one thing that keeps you awake at night about – let's talk about your automatic job. What's the one thing that keeps you awake at night about that position? Yeah. Um, so I don't have any trouble sleeping. I have an 11 or a 13 month old. And so you know, she, she wears us out quite a bit. So it's always like head hits a pillow and we're asleep. Yeah. But, uh, the thing that really keeps me up awake at night is just how can I, um, bring the best experience to wordpress.com users. You know, a lot of times they are very fresh into WordPress and it's it's really difficult when you get the same question over and over again to put on that like okay, let's do our best job at making sure this person makes it, you know, feels like we are talking specifically to them and they are the only ones that matter in the world. Um, you know, we look at their site, we comment about their site, we do all of those different things. And so um, I I sometimes struggle with I rush through. I wanted to get a lot of I wanted to help a lot of people today and so I didn't do the best job that I could you know doing that one-on-one you know kind of learning about the person themselves and whatnot so that's probably if I would lay awake at night that's probably one thing I think about sure uh, what do you do when you're not working? How do you, I mean, I think you've just answered that question because you've got a 13 month old, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I run around with her and uh, sleep. That's another thing. And uh-huh. then um, like to be outside a lot. That's kind of hard when we live in Ohio. So we only have about six months when it's really decent weather outside, but we like to go biking. We like to um, go hiking and my wife and I like to travel as well. So we, we can't do that all the time, but those are some of the things that some of our hobbies. Nice. And, um, uh, I, I guess the final question in this kind of getting to know Dustin section is if you could wave a magic wand and fix one thing right now, what would it be? And I guess we're kind of leaning towards the, the automatician happy engineer role. Yeah, um, that's that's a difficult question. Like I think that – I don't know. Like if I go, if I answer the question on the, your website engineer part, like there's one thing that if I could like duplicate myself, like if I could do that, you know, and, and you know, this, like there's always so many more things that you want to do. Um, but you never, you know, you can't get to them or you have to hire somebody to do them. Or maybe my magic wand would just wave and it would allow me to be laser focused on one thing until I get the dumb thing done. Mm -hmm. I'm one of those guys that you you get started with a lot of different things. And before you know it, you've worked a lot, but you get no progress done. And it makes it a little bit difficult, especially for me doing this kind of in nights and weekends and and early mornings. That's when I spend a lot of time, you know, creating my show content and outlining what I'm going to be talking about on a weekly basis and all of those different things. So like that's kind of driven, but there's so many different other things. Like, should I be AB testing? Should I be sending out more email newsletters? Should I be, you know, trying to get more email subscribers like i don't know i want that magic wand to tell me dustin this is what you need to focus on right now until you get to this or whatever so Mm. that would be the answer to my question when you find that magic wand please share it with me (laughs) (laughs) i think i think everybody in the world would love a magic wand like that. yeah 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 so so tell me um before we get to the automatic thing tell me and how that came about tell me why you started a podcast in the first place yeah, it was mainly to one. I guess I have a background. I did some radio broadcasting when I was in college, mm-hmm. and so I really liked just getting in front of the mic. I love listening to podcasts. I'm like, 
I could really do this. I, I think that my OCDness just wanted to create something and just have them numbered. Um, so I could have like this file with like all of these MP3 files in, you know, zero, zero, one, zero, zero, two, and just see that progression. Like, I don't know, like that was kind of what I started. And I was like, okay, what do I want to talk about? And I went through I, a few different digital courses and, you know, try to, to teach me how to set up a podcast and do all that kind of thing. But it also taught me about like how, or how to pick my passion and what I could talk about. And, you know, if I would have talked about just social media, like I would have got burnt out, I would have got really um, confused. And because I was helping businesses set up their social media marketing campaigns, and all that kind of stuff too. But I felt like WordPress was like a targeted area that I could really focus in. I could learn a lot about it and I could just share what I'm learning with other people. And a lot of times, like my podcast episodes were something that I learned that week while working with a client, you know, whether it be, you know, maybe the client didn't own their domain name and it was owned through like their, their previous developer and they got locked out. And like, so I explained all that on my next podcast because I was like, this is a horrible situation for them. Their domains expired, but they can't get to it. And like all their business email and stuff was down and it was just a nightmare. So I think the main reason that I started though, was to be that guy who could provide information and not be selly and, you know, not have to sell himself all the time. And people would uh, generally, you know, come to me and ask me questions and want to hire me to do work. And so I could get paid. And so that I think was my, my ultimate motive, if you will. So, so, so ultimately it was for people to hire you as a consultant, but you were kind of going to do this anyway, even if people weren't going to hire you as a consultant, this is just something that you were really passionate about and wanted to do. Right, exactly. And I felt that if I was podcasting about WordPress, it would actually force me to learn it better and faster mm. because you know that the only way that you can really explain something to somebody is if you've already learned it yourself. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. One of my mentors, Ed Dale, said to me, uh, if you think you know something, teach it. Yeah. Because <laughs> you'll. Then you realize you don't know it. <laughs> that's right. You have to really get good at it when you start teaching it. Um, <clears throat> So, so how, you, you mentioned some digital products in terms of uh, learning how to podcast. Do you remember what they were or, or who you were kind of reaching out to to get that advice? Yeah. So I was following um, Cliff Ravenscraft at the podcast answer man, uh-huh. um, dot com, And the course that I actually took was by the guys, Jeremy and Jason at Internet Business Mastery. They had, I think at the time, and I took this in 2010, I think it was like a $2,000 course. And it was like a four or six week long, like they delivered content on a regular basis. And it really like, there was worksheets to print out. And I was just like, wow, this is really cool. Like I wasn't thinking like in the back of my mind, like these dudes just made a hundred thousand dollars on their launch. But like, I was so wrapped up in this $2,000 on like, I have no idea how I'm going to afford to pay for this $2,000 course, Mm. but um, you know, with my income from my business. And so that's, that's kind of where I got started. And I listened to a lot of what Cliff said on his free weekly podcast, and then just listening to other podcasts like helped me kind of come up with my my feel and you know kind of put together the segments of my show so internet business mastery and uh, podcast answer man they're the, yep. the two resources i'm going to make a link to those in the show notes i'm familiar with cliff ravenscraft at the podcast answer man i've been there myself and uh, and uh, uh, had a lot of uh, got a lot of good answers from cliff i wasn't aware of jeremy and jason so i'm going to put a link to those guys in the show notes as well um Here's a question which is a bit out of left field. I have this conversation all the time with people, and sometimes I have this conversation with myself. Um, what, 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 how, why did you think that you had something to offer, and why did you think that, you, that people would actually listen to what you were going to say? Well, I didn't know if anybody was going to listen to me, but I wanted to just share my opinion anyways. Um, 
And when I started in 2010, like it was the end of 2010 and I was going through this course, I think it was like September, October period. And I looked in the work or the iTunes store and I did a search for WordPress and there weren't a lot of results and there were quite a few results, but they had kind of like, they call them pod faded, if you will. Like they had started, they had a few episodes and then they just kind of fell off the track. And I'm like, well, I think that people really would be interested in this sort of topic. I know that there's, you know, thousands of people searching for this information on a daily and monthly basis. And so I'm like, maybe I can just start. And I really had no idea like how long it would take to actually have an audience of any way, shape or form. I didn't even try to reach out and, and go on other people's show just to kind of like plug my show or anything. But, you know, slowly, you know, one person will start to listen and one person will tell another person. And then I'd share it like crazy on my Twitter feed with, you know, 14 people that were following me or whatever. And, you know, slowly the momentum grew, but I don't know. Like, I think that the people, I think Jeremy and Jason a lot said too, in their podcast, like, you know, everybody has a unique way of bringing whatever they're passionate about to Mm. other people Mm. and everybody's different. And so you go ahead and you, you, can build your show on exactly what you're passionate about and people will be attracted to that and they will listen i couldn't agree with you more i was um actually on a podcast this morning with justin ferriman from learn dash he interviewed me for his show and he was saying you know aren't you like when you when you give content away online or when you package it up into some kind of digital product aren't you worried that people are just going to steal that content and uh, and give it away for free and i'm like well Sure, they can do that, but what they can't steal is my delivery and the relationship that I have with my audience. That's something that's, mm-hmm. that's my competitive advantage. So I totally agree with, uh, with what you're saying there. Um, so how did, how did the relationship with Automatic come about? How did you go – because I know many, 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 many people in our audience would love to work for Automatic. It's like the dream job for them. Um, how did that come about? So I came about because, I mean, we were getting ready to start a family. And so, you know, I was just kind of thinking like what else could be out there as way of of opportunities to work from home and to have a flexible, you know, like a regular income, but flexible work hours and things like that. And I honestly started thinking towards the end of, so I got hired in December of 2013 <laughs> and probably the middle of 2013, like I just really got frustrated with building big website projects for people. Mm-hmm. Like if, if someone would come up to me and be like, I need this website, I don't have anything. And I quoted them like, to the moon because I didn't want to do the project. Like Mm -hmm. I just wanted to say, Oh, it's going to be way too expensive. And you know, I didn't want the project Mm -hmm. and I really had a passion for answering people's questions. So a lot of people would just email me. They'd use my contact form on my website and just email me random questions. And I would love like going in and diving in and try to figure out like what kind of answer, what's the best plugin to help them and whatnot. And one day I stumbled upon, I actually was listening to a podcast that was interviewing another automatician and I can't even remember what it was. Maybe the Matt report, or, you know, something along those lines. And I was like, huh, I never even thought of, I mean, automatic never crossed my mind in any way, shape or form. And I went to their, their work with us page and, you know, it sounded like the dream job where, you know, you can work from anywhere and we have flexible hours and we have this and we have that. And I'm like, Hey, why don't I give it a go? And I looked at my resume, my resume was seven years outdated. And I was like, well, it's going to take a little bit longer than I thought. So that's kind of where it all started. It was, it was getting to the point where I was frustrated with some of the content or the client work that I was doing. I was actually also creating some, I had some, I had like an advanced, I called it an advanced developer workshop, which was like a four week long class. It wasn't really advanced at all, but it taught people how to build themes, how to build a plugin, how to do custom post types, how to use version control, 
kind of stuff that developers would like to know. And I sold that for, um, I started the course at like $500 and then it went up to like $800 and it was a four week class. And it was all videos and they got one week of videos at a time. And then we had a weekly chat at the end of the week to answer any questions and just, you know, get to know each other. And so like, I was trying to ramp that up and I was really passionate about that, but I wasn't getting as many people as I wanted to sign up for those classes at the right time. And so it just kind of, and we knew that we were going to be having a baby. And so just kind of all of those things led me to, okay, I will send in my resume and a cover letter to automatic and see what happens. Wow. Uh, so, so, so you didn't have like an in there. It was just completely random that you, you, you so you would, you would just kind of, you know, as far as it wasn't like someone was already working in automatic that was saying you should totally, you know, you didn't have like a buddy working there that could get you uh-uh. in. You, you just like send a resume in off the street. Yeah, completely off the street. I knew nobody there. I mean, Matt was the only one. Matt Mellenweg was the only one that I had ever heard of before. Wow. Um, <laughs> you know, I went to I went to their About Us page. And I started following like some of the the people on Twitter. I started like looking up and looking at some of the blogs for other happiness engineers, just trying to figure out like what it was like to be a happiness engineer. And mm. so I had no in. Um, the only really kind of thing that I thought that I had going for me was that I had a podcast and I had a lot of five star reviews and people left reviews. And, um, that was one of the things that I pointed out on my, in my resume and my cover letter, like, Hey, you know, here's some people that are saying that I can take WordPress and make it easy to understand for other people. And so that's kind of how I got started. I sent the email in and I just patiently sat there and waited. And it was a couple of weeks before I heard back and had my first interview. Wow. Um, what did you do? Did, what did you do? It, it, did you do anything special on the cover letter or the resume to kind of get their attention? Because I've heard like I've heard Matt Mullenweg say that they just get hundreds of applications like yeah. every week. What, how did you stand out? The only thing that I can think of that I did kind of differently, I don't know, like I put my Gravatar in the upper right-hand corner of my resume. Oh. I have no idea if this had anything to do with it or not, but put my Gravatar there. And then I had, I guess I had met one automatician at a, at a uh, WordCamp a few weeks before that I applied. And he said that I said, spend, I should send my resume to this, or I should address my cover letter to this specific person. Uh-huh. So then I found him and I followed him on Twitter. I made like a comment or so, like a couple comments mm-hmm. to his actual Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. And um, just so he kind of like, I mean, I wasn't like stalking like, hey, hire me or hey, yeah, look yeah, at my yeah. resume. <clears throat> you know, he mentioned that he had, had ran at this mountain in um, in Washington or um, Seattle or somewhere that I had just been the summer before that previous summer. So I'm like, oh, I was just there. That was so cool. You know, I had a little dialogue like that. Yeah. And I think, I don't know if the Gravatar like meant anything. I have no idea. Like, um, cause of course, like all of the applications have to get through Matt first, mm. like Matt has to look at them and then he sends them on to the hiring team. So I don't know if it was that, like, I, I tend to think that, oh, I was, I was doing this game and like the person that was interviewing me, like I would send her a tweet every once in a while. And you know, like, just things like that. Yeah. So I have no idea if that had anything to do with it whatsoever. It's um, funny. It's funny. This, I, I adopted a similar approach to get, um, <clears throat> I really wanted to get Andrew Warner on from Mixergy on our podcast. And uh-huh. so I started commenting on his blog and on his podcast posts uh, with, and I knew that my avatar would appear in those comments. And then I sent him a iPod nano for Christmas um, to his office in San Francisco. And he, he wrote me a handwritten note back 
And so then, uh, and that was really, I just wanted to build, start to build a relationship with him so that he sure. knew who I was. And then when I reached out to him, uh, like a couple of months after that, to ask him to get on the, the podcast, he said yes. Um, and so I, I think it's, really, it's you know, it, I know some people might think, oh, that's so manipulative. But the reality is you need to at least be on someone's radar or get their attention right. so that they know you exist and that you're not a wacko. Um, right, exactly. You know, before you reach out and ask them for something. So I, I like that. That's good. Um, what was the onboarding process like at Automatic? What was like the first what was like i mean i've read i've read year without pants by scott birkin and i'm curious uh as to what like day one looked like when you started working for automatic so i guess it depends on what you're considering day one so like i had an interview and then i had a a little project to do and then i had another interview and both interviews were text-based interviews and then i got about three weeks later is when i started my trial and the trial is if anybody's researched automatic at all you know it's 25 dollars an hour and you do tickets, happiness engineering work. And so the first two days were like, there were six hours of training just going to, I'm like, how could you need that much training? But there's a lot of like backend systems and where we store all our information and how the billing system works and all those different pieces of the puzzle. Like that's what we learned in those first couple of days. And then on day three, it was like, okay, start opening tickets and just start answering people's questions. And if you don't know the answer, you do like they showed us how to research and try to figure it out. And if you still had questions, then this was back in the day when we you're using IRC and you would ping somebody on IRC and ask them, you know, is this the right direction? And, you know, I mean, now it's like second nature. A lot of the questions are just off the top of our head from memory, but you know, that was kind of how it started. And, you know, this was all trial work and the trial lasted, I think my trial lasted, um, maybe four weeks. I think at the end of the fourth week, they said that, uh, things were going well and they were recommending me to Matt. And so they're like, you have to talk to Matt next. And I'm like, okay, well, that's not intimidating at all. Um, somebody, you know, that I've been looking up to, you know, just as a, you know, as a leader and, you know, just somebody that's, I mean, he's about the same age as me. And so they're like, just ping Matt on Skype. And I'm like, uh, okay. So like, but the way Skype works is you actually have to like friend somebody first, yeah. you know, you can't just ping somebody. And so it was like the painful process of, you know, like I requested a, a contact with Matt on Skype and just waited and waited and waited. And they said like in this trial period, like you have to always have Skype ready because you never know when Matt's going to be ready to do some interviews. Uh-huh. And, you know, like a lot of people had these stories, you know, like, Oh, it's going to happen when you're out and you're doing stuff. And so like, I always had Skype open on my phone and I was getting all these notifications that were not met. And, uh, finally, finally one afternoon, like I was ready and I got a message from him saying, howdy. And we went ahead and got started and we did the final interview that way. Wow. Awesome. And so were you always going to be hired as a happiness engineer? Was that kind of what you applied for? Yep. That was what my goal was. Um, I know that I'm not the best developer. Like I'm not, I couldn't do a lot of the things that most of our developers do. Um, I always tinker with some things and I try to help out as much as possible. Like if we know that there's a bug in the code, like I can find where the bug is and say roughly in this area, mm-hmm. or, you know, I can even send them some pseudocode of what we'd like to fix or how we need to fix it. But I, I went in with full well knowing that happiness engineer was the role that I was going for. Mm, nice. Uh, all right, let's just switch tack a little bit. I want to talk about about uh, the podcast. So, uh, you know, I kind of obsess a little bit about rankings on iTunes and (laughs) you and I have had a little email conversation because you always rank number one for WordPress podcast on iTunes. No matter how much I try and knock you off, you're always number one (laughs) and it drives me nuts. So um, here I am uh, on my podcast asking you how I can beat you on iTunes. (laughs) So what do you do in terms of you? Because I'm part of... um, 
I'm part of John Lee Damas's podcast's Paradise Community, right? So I'm learning okay. as much as I possibly can about how to grow the podcast. And there's all these tactics that you can use, and some of them I don't like, like, you know, Twitter bombs. And there's a whole bunch of stuff that I don't like doing because I don't think it feels natural and I don't think it feels organic or authentic. But I'm curious sure. as to... I'm curious as to, you know, and without, I mean, look, you don't have to give me your secret sauce, but I'm curious as to, as to how, how you go about marketing your podcast to stay at the top of the, the, uh, the iTunes rankings. Cause you're consistently number one for WordPress podcast. Um, I will tell you that I don't think I have any secret sauce. I will tell you that I'm the worst marketer of my podcast ever. <laughs> wow. Um, I don't know. Like I honestly, like, I think one of the reasons is like for a while, I think what was happening with what was helping me was I was using the WordPress or I was using the word WordPress and like every title of every show. Mm. I think that helped a lot. Um, but I, I don't do that anymore. You know, I, I think the longevity has helped a lot as well, yeah. you know, for doing it from 2010 until now, that's been let me look at my calendar here i write them down my calendar so i don't forget i've done 230 episodes and i haven't missed a week in that amount of time so i think that's helpful like i don't ever ask well i don't i won't say never but i rarely even remember to ask people for five-star reviews or even reviews at all i i probably never tweet out about my show i don't show share it anywhere like i just assume that people are subscribed and they're going to download it because it's going to automatically come to them like the way the podcast works Mm. um so honestly, like, I wish I could tell you, like, this is what I'm doing to outmaster everyone else on iTunes, but I don't think I have, <laughs> I don't have any secret sauce whatsoever. So you, um, ha- so you have a lot of ratings and five-star reviews. You have like 166 uh, ratings on uh, iTunes, 153 of those are five-star, and you have 119 reviews. And so you don't you don't actively ask for those ratings and reviews. That's just kind of happened organically because you've been doing this for over five years, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I th- I would say probably like, and I'm I really don't have any idea, but I would say probably four to six times a year, I may not have anything to fill my outro music while I'm talking. Like I haven't uh-huh. thought through the end of my podcast, so I'm like, oh hey, if you like the show, you can go over and give it a rating and review. Like I honestly like never talk about it and never, and I don't know if that's something that doesn't turn people like people are more interested in doing it because they don't hear that all the time. Mm. Um, I don't know. Like I never, I also never like send out email newsletters. Like I have thousands of people on my list and I send out like a handful a year. Like I don't send out when I have a new podcast episode. Like occasionally I'll say like, Oh, I have a webinar and here's the latest podcast episode. And it's only when I remember it, it's about, you know, the magic wand from earlier. Like I just don't have time to do all the things that I'd like to. And so I wish, I wish I could do all those things. I wish I had the time to do that. But I think Honestly, like I just, I, I just assume that people are subscribed if they want, if they're interested, and they'll get each episode, and then maybe someday they'll go back and leave a review, or they keep downloading them. I have no idea. Wow. I wish I, I wish we knew what that algorithm was within iTunes and mm. and how it works, but. Well, it sounds like longevity is the key because, you know, here we are full time, a team of six working on our business and a podcast is a huge part of our business. Uh, here you are, one guy doing it part time, <laughs> hardly ever email, hardly ever give a call to action and you're kicking our ass. So uh, <laughs> it sounds like just, you know, going the distance is the key. Um, so uh, thank you for, uh, you know, giving me uh, no tactical marketing stuff that I can go and try. Uh, much appreciated. <laughs> you're welcome. I'm like- like a smuck like i don't do anything <laughs> and i'm still on top <laughs> yeah 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 it's awesome no I, and i think you're right i think it's just because you've been doing it for so long that there's just so much trust in the brand and and so much um uh credibility there because you've been around for uh, for, for so long so uh kudos to you man um 
Hey, we should do the elevation round. For those that don't know, WP Elevation is a business accelerator program for WordPress consultants. So I'm going to ask Dustin a series of quick questions now uh, about uh, consulting and freelancing, and hopefully he's going to give us a series of quick questions off the top of his head. But actually, just quickly before we do that, I'm going to announce the competition. Uh, Dustin's reading a book at the moment called Take the Stairs, Seven Steps to Achieving True Success. It is by Rory Vaden. I'm going to give a copy of that away on Amazon. Uh, you can have the paperback version, the uh, hardcover, or the Kindle. It's up to you. Um, so in order to enter this week's competition, uh, Dustin and I want to know what is the number one thing stopping you from using WordPress.com and going to WordPress.org self-hosted instead. So why are you not using WordPress.com and why are you going to the self-hosted WordPress.org instead? Please leave your comments underneath this episode of the podcast, which you can find at wpelevation.com slash Dustin Hartzler, which is D-U-S-T-I-N-H-A-R-T-Z-L-E-R. No underscores, spaces, uh, or funny hieroglyphics, or lowercase, or one word. I hope that makes sense. Um, right, so leave your comment underneath the uh, podcast, and I'll get Dustin to swing by in a couple of weeks and award that prize. Now, Dustin, the elevation round. What is the number one thing any freelancer or consultant needs to know? Um, there's so many things that you need to know as a, a freelancing consultant, but I think the main thing is just trying to find the right um, the right solution for the customer. It doesn't mean that you have to give them WordPress, and it doesn't mean that you have to be the person that provides the solution. But if you give them the best advice and the 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 solution or the the result that's going to help them the most, then they will more likely come back to you, even if they don't hire you this time around. Good advice. What's the best thing you've ever done to find new customers? I think I know the answer to this. Uh, well, if you if you're going to say podcast, then that's not right. Uh. Um, the the one thing that I did do when I was very early on was I went on Twitter and I had custom searches set up for people that had the word WordPress and help in the tweets mm. and WordPress and how to. Mm. And I would just scan through those and I would just say, oh hey, did you figure out how to fix this? Or you know, once I tried to, once I knew what the answer may be, and I I found quite a few brand new customers just by doing that that led to thousands of dollars of work over the course of my my consulting career. So just, I was looking for what people were asking and then I was just trying to be helpful and not trying to like, yeah, I didn't say like, pay me and I'll give you the answer. Like I was like, here's the answer. And I try to do it as quickly as I could, you know, 140 characters or do a screenshot or do whatever I could to, you know, at least provide some sort of helpful advice. Nice. How do you stop competing on price? Um, charge more. I don't know. <laughs> this is, <laughs> I know that this was something that I always struggled with too. Like I always like underballed it because I, I didn't think that the projects would ever take as long as they would, but you know, you just have to be firm. You have to stand your ground and you're going to have people that turn you down because they say that's too much, but you really have to think about how much your time is worth and how good of a job you want to be done when the project's over. You know, you could really skimp and not make sure, sh- you know, you could cut a lot of corners and charge a lot less, but in reality, you probably want to spend more time time to make sure that everything's done right and it's you know tested thoroughly and it just it costs more money to do things like that yeah absolutely uh any tips on writing better proposals uh, negative. Um, like I said earlier, I was, I'm a horrible marketer of my podcast. I was a horrible writer of proposals too at the time. You know, I basically like said, this is how much it's going to be and take it or leave it. Like I didn't do a whole lot with that. Cool. Fair enough. Uh, do you have a favorite tool or system for CRM? 
Not really. Like right now I'm using for, I don't really have clients. So I'm using MailPoet, which isn't the most robust nice. solution, but it is, you know, all within my WordPress dashboard. And so I can easily send out email newsletters through MailPoet and I keep track of people that way. I have them in different buckets. It's a more of a manual process, but since it's not really a business for me, I don't really, I can't really justify $50 to, you know, a few hundred dollars per month to mm. keep my, all my, my contacts in order. Fair enough. Uh, what is the best way to keep a project and a client on track? Um, I don't know. Like, no, I think the best way to do that is to communicate regularly, whether it would, it is like, Hey, we've used up almost all your hours or Hey, this project's taking me longer than I thought, or Hey, you know, we had this unexpected delay for some other reason. Like, I think the best way is just that, that two way communication to make sure that everybody knows what's going on. I agree. Uh, any ideas on getting referrals? I've asked people for straight up for referrals before that's, you know, once they're done, you know, it's a good thing to do is, is to send up that follow up email when you're all said and done with the project and say, Hey, you know, could you answer me this one question and, you know, and have like a randomized survey question that they could answer that could prompt a good testimonial that you could put on your website. Um, but then you could also ask, Hey, do you know of anybody else who may be thinking about, you know, starting a new website project, you know, in the near future? It's, I mean, it doesn't ever hurt to ask. And sometimes you never hear back from those people, but other times more likely than not they'll give you at least a warmish type lead that you could reach out and um, talk to somebody yeah and the other thing is it doesn't always happen immediately it there might be like a delay between asking someone if they know anyone and you're actually getting that referral and i think patience is is key Right. I actually gave one out to, um, I just, I recommended somebody like months ago and he just emailed me. He's like, thanks for the referral. So-and-so just finally contacted me. I was like, holy smokes. Like that was back in this last summer. I think (laughs) that I I gave him that information. Exactly. Uh, and final question in the elevation round, what's the number one thing you can do to differentiate yourself? I think just have your own personal voice. I think we talked about that a little bit. You know, there's no one else that can do your business just like you. And so just, you know, whether it's, you know, you build a website in a day, you know, or you do it, you have it done in a week or, you know, whatever it is, like just you stay consistent with that. And um, yeah, I don't know. Um, Have a podcast and talk about other WordPress things. I don't know. Yeah. Podcasting is a very good idea. Uh, Awesome. Thank you for getting us through the elevation round. Hey, what's, what's the future hold for, for Dustin Hartzler and the whole WordPress engineer thing. Where do you, where do you see this going over the next 12 months? I think that I'm going to continue to be consistent with my podcast to, to just keep me in the loop of what's going on self-hosted wise. And I'm just going to really dive in and really help as best as I can the WordPress.com users who are coming to get happiness engineering support and traveling to WordCamps and just different places where I can help people with really no hidden agenda. Agenda Like that's probably one of the best parts of being a happiness engineer. Mm. Like I used to go to conferences and be helpful so that people may hire me in the future. But now it's like, hey, I can spend, you know, at this we had WordCamp Dayton, which was last month. And I was able to spend like, I spent like an hour and a half with somebody one morning just answering questions and like fixing all the little things and it I had no agenda like I was there that was my my whole purpose for being there was to answer people's questions and so it was just a lot of fun so I can see myself like doing that in at more events for sure awesome um uh, where can people reach out and, uh, and thank you for this interview Dustin your website engineer.com has all my contact details and I can be found on twitter at Dustin Hartzler Cool. I will put a link to all of that and everything we spoke about in the show notes. Hey, um, thank you so much for spending some time with us on the WP Elevation Podcast. Final question, who would you like me to try and interview and why? Now, 
I had somebody in mind when I saw this question and, and for the life of me, I can't remember who, um, who I wanted to, I was like, Oh, that would be a perfect answer. And I don't remember. Um, I'm trying to think if anything comes to mind, uh, have you interviewed the guys from, um, WP give? No, but someone else has actually recommended them. Uh, is it, is it give WP? Give WP is, I think, their website, and I think the plugin is just called Give. Give, that's right. Yes, there we go. It's the free donation, free WordPress donation plugin. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. not who I was going to. That's not the, my original person that I thought of, but okay. that's the one I thought of off the top of my head. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so someone else has recommended these guys, and uh, these guys are Jason Nil and Devin Walker, and Matt Cromwell. Yes, right. So someone else has recommended them. So uh, either either of you guys, Jason, Devin, or Matt, uh, I'm going to get in touch with you guys and get you guys on the podcast courtesy of Dustin. So keep your eyes on your inbox. Thank you very much for that. Hey, um, thank you for spending uh, so much time with us on the WP Elevation podcast. I uh, really appreciate it, as do our audience. I wish you all the best for the uh, for your website, engineer, brand, and your future at uh, Automatic. And I look forward to one day knocking you off the number one spot on the uh, WordPress uh, <laughs> iTunes podcast. Uh, while you're there, you're keeping me very busy. So thank you very much. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. You didn't really realize this, but now everybody's going to start listening to my show, which will have more downloads. So yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. I oh, know. It's all good. All right, man. Hey, thanks again for spending some time with us. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing uh, uh, what happens in your in the next 12 months for you and looking forward to seeing your podcast evolve and go from strength to strength. And uh, looking forward to keeping in touch. Sounds good. Thanks, Troy. Thanks, mate. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the WP Elevation podcast. Of course, this podcast is brought to you by Video User Manuals. You can get the plugin for just $1 for your first month by going to videousermanuals.com slash podcast. Support for WP Elevation also comes from Audible. You can get your free audio book and a free 30-day trial by visiting wpelevation.com slash audible. That's wpelevation.com slash audible. Please subscribe to the WP Elevation podcast at iTunes or Stitcher. And if you like what we're doing, please give us a rating and a review. Everything we spoke about in this episode, all the links and resources will be in the show notes at wpelevation.com slash Dustin Hartzler. That's D-U-S-T-I-N-H-A-R-T-Z-L-E-R. All one word, all lowercase, no funny business in the middle. Uh, And please remember to leave a comment underneath the podcast and tell Dustin the number one reason you are still using WordPress.org and not using WordPress.com, or in fact, the number one reason you are moving away from WordPress.com to WordPress.org, a self-hosted version, uh, and you could win a copy of Take the Stairs by Rory Baden. That is the competition for this week. Next week on the podcast, I have one half of Born Creative. Of course, we had Jennifer Born on the podcast uh, way back when. We have Brian Born on the podcast next week. That will be episode number 93. I hope you can join me. Until next week, I'm Troy Dean. Go Elevate. Go Elevate.